A's for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Today we talk about love. Yeah. Loving yeah. love. I need love. I need love. Are I you in love, love, L-U-V? L-U-V. I like yours is, mine is L-O Cool J and yours is... <laughs> Mine's the New York <laughs> New Dolls. New York Dolls, yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> hey, you know, we got we got room for everybody here. From L-O yeah. Cool J to the New York Dolls. Everybody to, needs love, yeah. man. To the Migos, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, to the Migos. Too. They're on that... I, yeah, they, I don't know any Migos songs. Don't worry about it. You don't okay. got to. All right. It's not the part of the prerequisite for this <laughs> whole endeavor we're doing. Um. So I was thinking about love, and I might say that you were telling a story briefly before we got on here, and I just want to say like a sort of a truncated version of it, Um. and I'll say it from my what I got out of it is that in this 12-step program that we both belong to, um, there's meetings that we go to, and you get to spend time with all kinds of different people, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just so... I mean, you would people you would never see anywhere else. People you certainly wouldn't... If you were... If they, you know, were on the bus, you might get up and sit away from them. That kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And everybody gets together there, and there's these people who, like, find a way to have a good time and to laugh and to share. And it it occurred to me that, like, this is one of the few places where a lot of these people get any sort of love in their whole day, possibly. I mean, I don't know everyone's story, but, I mean, what an awesome thing to be able to come together with sometimes strangers and share this thing, whatever it is, you know, and to be, feel happy and joyful and go like, God, this is really great. And you get that really good feeling in your gut. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was really cool because, you know, it, it, it doesn't happen every time, but when it does, it's like, wow, this is, this is something special. Yeah. Um, and on the topic of love, there's lots of different kinds of love. There's love for your, you know, your wife and your girlfriend. Do you love your child? Do you love your parents? You love your friends. Um, I almost forgot. I think the most important one of all is loving yourself, which we touched yeah. on a little bit yeah, last we week. Did. Yeah. And the difficulties therein sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, those ideas about self love and, as an alcoholic and as somebody who grew up in a pretty broken and severed home, um, Mm -hmm. it, it's, you don't, you don't, you don't always grow up with the most loving, uh, feeling in the home. And, um, it took a very long time. I mean, as an adult now, I can look back at the abuse from my father and the words that still roll around in my head and stuff like that. And I can kind of, um, I can, I can understand it now as an adult and that, that, that was just the reality of the situation. I had no control over it. I was just a kid, 
but there's a part of me that still, I guess, are still a kid, right? You know, people talk about your inner child. Yeah. And I don't know which part of the ego or the id or the super ego that is, but that kid still sometimes is there and comes out. And so trying to reconcile those feelings with what actually happened is an extraordinarily difficult thing. And a lot of it is these positive mantras that one might say to oneself to try and get your, you know, the old tapes that roll around in your head about what a fucking loser you are, or, you know, you're, you're ugly or you're fat or you're stupid or whatever those things are. Right. And I've found that, you know, you're kind of, that's what we do here is we're, we're, you know, what I do, I should say is I'm trying to rewire my brain in a lot of ways that will allow me to accept myself and not only to change myself for the better, because, you know, I'm not telling you to just accept yourself as you are. If there right. are things that need to be changed, then I'm going to change them. You know, I don't just go like, I'm perfect just the way that I am. Right. That being said, I do accept my flaws and I'm willing to work to make them better. But I find that self-love is like the hardest thing in the world. And because I've been in a myriad of relationships where I've done everything for the other person and um and nothing for myself and that never works no you know and certainly when you're drinking and you're lying and anything else you know like you you're not doing anything for anybody you're just trying to Mm -hmm. cover up everything and you're always drunk and you're always trying to get away with another drink and it's so i mean i guess let me just refocus back on self-love and how do you work on it within yourself? You're asking <laughs> me? I'm asking or you, I th- I yeah. I thought it was just the rhetorical to the, 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 <laughs> no, the room No, I mean. Here. Man, how do I? That's a great question because I don't do it very consciously. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, 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 uh, I don't do it very consciously. I've had major issues with self-esteem, and I think a lot of people have. I don't know if anybody really doesn't have an issue with self-esteem or their own version their own uh, internal version of themselves doesn't propel them as a human being to do what they do you know but mm-hmm. i think now at this point there's no like i i don't really say necessarily say mantras i talk to myself a lot i have to learn to accept myself and my actions but like you said self-improvement's a big deal that's why we do what we're doing that's mm-hmm. why you and i are doing what we're doing is because we know we can be better yeah you know and I think that even in of itself is part of self-love, knowing that you are capable of better and being willing to do the things that are difficult to make you capable of better. This is, and then how do I do those things? I just have to be really forgiving of myself and I have to do, I have to do what I feel is right and I have to be honest. And if I act like a fucking dick, I need to apologize and try <laughs> not to be a fucking dick again. But see, even that is, I mean, I have fault with that you know i can act like a dick all day at work and then apologize and tell myself i'm never going to do it again and then i'm right back into the old routine you know two days later Mm -hmm. so as as, in regards to self-love i don't look at myself in the mirror and say like dude i love you i don't have like um 
necessarily like uh like mottos you know taped to my mirror like you did in the early (laughs) 2000s you know i was gonna bring that up god that was so funny yeah so john was (laughs) go ahead yeah john was going through some therapy in the early 2000s he was having a difficult time with the relationship and trying to suss out his own problems and his therapist told him that he needed to uh write self-affirmations like you're good enough and stuff like that and tape Mm -hmm. them to his mirror and this is when we were both in like major major active alcoholism and I remember coming over one day to do something, work on a project or something, and I saw these things on the mirror, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Guy Smalley? Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like Al Franken over here, like, gosh darn it, you know, people like me. I'm smart enough. I'm good just enough. I'm just gosh trying to help myself. It. You were, and I had to, like, bring you back down to my level, man. That's not mm-hmm. love. <laughs> well, but... What? Yeah, I, I, I don't even... I wonder why the guy didn't... Uh, the therapist didn't tell me to quit drinking, you know? That never, maybe I, maybe I didn't I tell know. him. Yeah, maybe those were the days he decided to eat a couple extra breast strips and put on mm. some Old Spice or something. You weren't sweating out that booze. But I think in regards to love, I think love is really positive. But I also, you know, I was thinking about it while I was cooking dinner, the whole concept of love. Because it is, it's a physical and emotional thing. Like, you feel it physically. Even if it's not romantic, if it's just the love you have for like your family or someone you really care about, even a fucking song you really like. Like I hit points in my life where I'm like, I love fucking Leonard Cohen right now. You know, like I don't, you know, I mean, he's dead as hell, but like I don't want to sit and like have a picnic with the guy. But man, I could listen to Leonard Cohen all day. You know, those mm-hmm. it's those things. But those things also, they can't necessarily be the focus of what drives you, you know, because sometimes I feel like while I was making dinner, I was thinking like sometimes it's kind of a lie too. like as far as within our culture, what they're selling you seems like a lie. Like all your problems will be solved if someone loves you hard enough or you need to be worthy of love. And I'm like, man, you already are worthy of love. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you've done awful fucking things that there's still some capacity within you to be loved or to be cared about or to be you know what I mean? Like regarded or treated in a positive manner. There's something worthwhile. Within There's got to be right in, in every single person. So the idea of love being the cure all is not a healthy idea. But the idea of saying I am deserving of love or I do love myself or I do care about myself. Those things are incredibly <clears throat> healthy. It. um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't you're, you're absolutely right. It doesn't come yeah. externally. It has no, to come from within. No. Yeah. And um. It doesn't come from within very easily for an alcoholic like me. So I think those, for me, those mantras will help. I told you last week that I, was it last week? And I, that I write in my journal and I write, I just started signing them. I love you. That's great though. You should do that. It just gives me, Mm -hmm. it's just something that I have to go and read it. And if I go back, then that's what I read. And, um, one of the one of the mantras that I do now is, um, and I I like to keep them simple because so that mm-hmm. I can remember them. But um, is I don't know, I'm, not, I'm not supposed to share this, or don't, I mean I don't know. It's a mantra, but but anyhow, um, I always say to myself, I get up and I don't do it every day, and I should, but I try to say it a hundred times out loud, and I say, I am worth what I desire. That's great. So whatever that yeah. is, I am worth it. Yeah. So it's not even a matter of can I get it? Should I have it? I am worth what I desire. Mm-hmm. And I don't always feel that way, even after yeah. I do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because you never know what's going to pop up in your head and you're going to have some, 
I don't know, something's going to trigger you, not necessarily to drink, but maybe it's something your dad said. Maybe it was some kid in junior high that said some shit to you that's still, yeah. like, well, stuck in your car. Well, it gets unearthed crawl. because some other asshole says something similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then and, you're like, and, he's right. And I really feel like a lot of what we do with each other when we have these conversations, <clears throat> too, is I think not necessarily as a... Um, uh, a reason to not drink it's sometimes i really feel like a lot of what i'm working within the program i'm working is a reason to not go back to the behaviors i had while i was drinking mm-hmm. so i can still act in the same manner i acted without a drink i can still be selfish and i can still be self-centered mm-hmm. and i can still feel like i don't deserve love i can still feel like i don't deserve affection i can feel like all these negative things and I, there's an internal voice i can hear it i know the voice i call it my internal monologue right i do impersonations mm-hmm. of it at work all the time but like it's like it's like they're all gonna laugh at you <laughs> <laughs> you know that's like that thing that always comes back to me you know because mm-hmm. of these things i experienced as a young as a kid through my formative years but um i think the important part about love is you don't have to feel like these rainbows and fucking stars and diamonds and clovers and lucky charms all around your ass all the time. You just need to know that you got yourself. You know, you don't even know how anybody else has to have you. As yeah. far as you, you're like, I got this. I got myself. If anybody has my back, it's me. I'll take care of myself, you know. And mm-hmm. then from there, once the self, but part of the self-reliance is also asking for help. You know, because I don't want to put out the message that you can only depend on yourself. It's really important to be able to depend on other people as well. You mm-hmm. know, you, 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 it's really important to ask for help. Well, if yeah. You're not you... asking for help, you're fucked, you know? Like... <laughs> I, I find that I, I, I couldn't do it without the community that I have, without the recovery yeah. community that I have, with the people that I, I could send a text to or call and say, hey, I really need to talk to you or, I mean, it's literally that community is what grows hope and love. And, you know, because I could be sitting here, sitting around, feeling sorry for myself because things aren't going my way. And there's a whole group of people that are waiting to want to see me and hear from me and excited to see, hey, man, good to see you, you know, or, you know, you you had you had a problem, you know, couple months ago and you called me up out of the blue and I wasn't expecting it and I picked up and like do you but you know what I mean like to be able to have that is what a relief and like yeah absolutely I gotta I gotta get this call um but it really does (laughs) I it's it has to it stems from self-love 100% and however you get there you know it it requires help it required help for me to be able to even get to the point where I love myself in as much as I do and that is the only way one of the one of the meditation things that i do is like think of this little ball of light in your chest and then it kind of supposed to radiate out and and it goes yeah. out into the world and it goes out mm-hmm. into your town and it goes out into the universe and all this kind of stuff and you know it never says it never says start it like two blocks away it never yeah. says start the ball of light in the other room right <laughs> so yeah. it has to start within house. you at the neighbor's yeah. house <laughs> yeah it's within you absolutely yeah yeah. Um, I, I always wonder when I, I have been sitting in the rooms and, and listening to people talk about working the steps of their program and stuff, I would always wonder in early recovery, like, okay, great, you did it and it helped you, but how the fuck did you do it? 
Like, I don't know how you did it. And I would even talk to the person who was helping me out and be like, how do I do this? You know, mm-hmm. and, and he'd help me out. But there was also still it would be unclear to me. Like I did, like I actually physically needed someone to show me. So I felt like with this podcast, we can say, OK, maybe we're not talking about steps because that's its own thing. We don't we're not representative of that necessarily, but we're not representative of that at all. But I really wanted to illustrate like how we do these things that help ourselves. But also yes. really, really stress that by no means am I the picture perfect uh, example of recovery, you know, because I'm not I have I don't think if anybody tells you that the perfect picture, perfect example of recovery, they're fucking lying. They need to work their shit out because that's a flat out lie. Mm-hmm. We're all faulted. We're all faulted. And all we're trying to do is help each other out to to not be a victim of our faults, you know, because I don't think you can ever avoid having a fault. But that's a great way to put it, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not yeah, not to be a victim of our faults, not to yeah. suffer what are the what are the one of the other ones was not to suffer any more pain from laziness. You know, Word. for me, that's yeah. that's one that I no, that I yeah. have to remind myself. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you too, because your relationship with your wife, you, she was with you during yeah. Your act of alcoholism. Oh, yeah. And from the beginning. Man. Well, not from the beginning, but, <laughs> but like, for, you know. I mean, you guys were together a long time, but I mean, yeah, married. Much and from the beginning, yeah. So how would you say that your relationship has improved since you quit drinking? Oh, or man. how, where was it when you were, before you quit drinking? Well, I mean, I've, I've, when I went into the program, when I got sober, I got sober because my wife was going to divorce me. Like she was going to leave me. And she had moved up to Oregon to be with me and we had this one last row and we had been fighting like ever since I moved back to Arizona when I was previously living there. It just amplified because I was drinking every day. I was drinking almost a fifth of whiskey every day and my life was garbage. It was just two dumpster fires stuck together, you know. And so like all we would do is fight. So I got in this awful fight with her and she's like, "I'm done." I'm taking off. I'm taking our daughter and I'm going back home. You can just go to alone here in Oregon. I'm get, I want to get divorced. And that scared me. That scared me enough to go into the rooms, mm-hmm. you know? And so I went into the rooms and, and that was like four over four years ago. And like, we're doing, well, of course we're doing better. Right. Cause if we were doing awful, then I would, I'd probably have a much different demeanor right now in this podcast, but we're doing a lot better. Our communications are better with each other. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I, uh, I don't go from zero to a hundred. Like I don't go from zero to a hundred anymore. I don't resent her. I resented the hell out of her, man. And I imagine she resented me too. We just, we deal with things in completely different ways. Our processes are just the complete um, polar opposite of each other. So, I mean, I feel like our bond is stronger. You know, mm-hmm. if we can get through that shit, then what else can't we get through? We have tools now. Now we have tools to get through the next thing. You know. Yeah. So it's hopeful. <laughs> it's strong and it's hopeful. The best I can be is hopeful. I can't tell you that we have this bond that will never be broken. I, I can't guarantee anything in life. Yeah. You know, even in my life, all I know is right now it's very hopeful and we're in like a real positive place. You know, we're rad. We're homies. That's mm-hmm. my homie. And then she gave birth to another homie and that's my little homie. Little and I homie. raised I raised that little homie while I was drunk and I sobered up and like now she's even more my homie because I'm not like so hung over I can't deal with her or so drunk that I'm embarrassed to deal with her. Yeah. You know, like it's changed a lot mm-hmm. in a positive manner. All yeah. this can be yours. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I find it, it's interesting also because in my relationship, 
my girlfriend was never, I have always been in recovery since we've known each other. Yeah. And so I think early on, I had some trepidation about sharing those things. And even when we came to visit you and, mm-hmm. you know, talking be like, oh, you know, trading war stories and having laughs and talking about, I don't know, blowing lines on toilet paper dispensers and yeah. college bar bathrooms and whatever other nasty, awful, just shocking, horrible behavior, deplorable, mean, gross nudity filled for the <laughs> sake of being gross yeah all the like just the suffering and the incorrigible crying and yelling and fighting and all this shit like she doesn't know i mean she doesn't see any of that and i've right. told i and i remember when we first got together and i would say these things she's like i can't even imagine you doing that or she would just sound like oh god and that kind of scared me because i was like well I don't, you know, I want you to love all of me right. and this was part of it. And it's like, yeah. so I think, and it's certainly, we've been together several years now and it's much easier to just talk about it and, you know, thank God that I have, um, my program of recovery to be able to say things like getting into an argument and being able to fight and being able to be like, okay, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to walk away here for a second and we're going to figure out what the problem is together because we're on yeah. the same team, right? Yeah. And we don't we don't want to fight and we're not at each other's at odds with each other. There's a problem here that we need to fix together. And I think that's one of the things that I'm able to do is to actually think about it, count backwards from 10, take a breath, take yeah. a walk, whatever it is. Yeah. And one of the other things that's great about our relationship as far as self-love and being in love in a loving relationship is that we spend a lot of time apart. We don't live that far away, um, but we'll spend like sometimes two or three days apart. And a lot of it, I go like, gosh, I really miss you. And I want to spend time with you. And gosh, we really haven't done anything fun in a while. And we really need to schedule something out because you're busy and I'm busy. But then there's times where I'm so grateful to have my own space and to have my own time and to be able to take care of the things that I need for myself so that when we come back together, it's as good as it can be because if I was always around or if she was always around, you know, and it would just, it would be one of these things where you're like, you're never taking care of yourself. And again, I think it's probably the most important thing. You can't, you can't love anybody else until you love yourself. Right. Right. You can certainly, but do you remember hearing that though? And I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I love it. Cause you remember hearing that when you were younger like in high school, my mom would say this to me or like even in my 20s, I'd get into a fight with a girlfriend and she'd say this and I'd be like, you people are fucking crazy. Like this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. That is unattainable. How can I love myself? I like fucking despise myself. Like Mm -hmm. I can't even walk past a mirror without wanting to punch the damn thing. You know, like how do I love my, this is, you're telling me that I need to catch a unicorn and marry it. You know, like it doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. And now it like, it's clear. Like I understand it. I understand the feeling of giving a shit about yourself and loving yourself. I understand the feeling of being like, I love you, dude. You're not bad. Like there's, there's absolutely, yeah, there's no relationship in my life right now that yeah. I could have to the capacity that I have it, which is, I try to, you know, the best and most that I can, if Mm -hmm. I didn't, if I didn't take time 
to try and love myself. And, you know, you say like how, and it, it's like, it's brick by brick and nail by nail. You yeah, know, you it's, build it's up what was broken, man, because <clears throat> yeah. mm-hmm. as, a, as for me, I mean, my childhood was extraordinarily rough and my father was an abusive alcoholic who was not supportive of a great many things. And looking back, obviously he had his own, his own issues. Um, but that certainly didn't mean that I deserved any of the shit that I got as a kid. Right. Um, but that's over and done with, and that doesn't exist anymore. And I can start from, it's, yeah, it doesn't, it's a great way to put it. It doesn't exist. Anymore. <clears throat> it doesn't. I mean, there's certain it, feelings that come yeah. up and then you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? John, what do you, what are you going to do with that now? What are you going to do with that going forward? Are you going to continue to wallow in it or to be afraid or to be scared? Um, you know, and so being able to deal with those things and say, oh, okay, something bad happened. I'm not that person anymore. I'm so far from that person. I can love the person that I am today and I can go, wow, you're pretty awesome. You know? And, um, it's, it's not always easy, but you do it, you know, like I said, little by little, whether it's a mantra or writing something down or just being able to, you know, you said it the other week and you were talking about wanting to grow old. There was a time where I didn't, I didn't want to grow old. Nah, I didn't want to be 41. I didn't think I was going to make it. Yeah. And here it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that in of itself is a fucking miracle. (laughs) (laughs) It is a miracle, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I do really appreciate the point you make about your past, not dictating your actions in the future because the past has a horrible way of doing that. And even when you are, are working on yourself as a person, or like you said, brick by brick, doing the little things like these little things, just, just caring about yourself and building up. But even when you are doing those things, the past, it's like a ghost. It like springs up every once in a while, you know I mean? Like my childhood was, I wouldn't say it was horrible, but it was tumultuous. You know, I was raised by two alcoholics as well. I mean, alcoholics make other alcoholics typically, <laughs> you know, and, and they were very young and they didn't really know. They loved each other. They loved me, you know, but they didn't, they, I think it was difficult for them to express it. They, I, 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 I can't know unless I ask them and I've asked them about it in the past, you know, but it's one of those touchy kind of things growing up, you know, and they're not like, you know mom dad why the fuck was i such a mess growing up you know because i always go oh you were just too sensitive you had too many feelings and shit mm-hmm. too empathetic but but those things still come up they still affect my actions every day but i can't obsess on them you know what i mean but they're still there you know they're it's they still come up i it doesn't exist anymore but it's almost like a well i mean i hate to use the cliche of a scar or a wound but it's there it's like you're like a like your knee popping every time it rains you know what i mean it's just <laughs> like it just hops up and those are the things you have to use to your uh uh to in a positive way you have to use them as a tool you know maybe use that as an example of how you can be empathetic towards other people or show other people love now when i see people even as an adult like if in like work situations whatever they all don't like one person they all kind of gang up i feel empathy for that person you know, but I'm also, you know, I'm also human and will gang up as well. You know, I have done so in the past and then felt like a fucking asshole about it because yeah. I know what it's like to have everybody gang up on me. <clears throat> so I have to use these negative things in my past. I have to try my hardest to use them as positive tools, you know, yeah, in order it's... to love myself more. Well, and it's just, it. yeah, I mean, I, I don't, 
I certainly am not saying that do as I do and everything will be fine and great. I still have exactly. moments. Yeah, <laughs> word. Yeah, no, I, we both do. We both do. I don't know why I keep stressing that we both have moments. Listen, we are not faulted people. John and I are perfect. I'll tell you, I was in the bookstore with a friend a few weeks ago, and um, I was given a ride to the airport, so he said he'd buy me a book. So he had the $20 uh-huh. bill in his, in his hand. I got, we're next in line, and this woman, this old lady behind us, <clears throat> she... Uh, She's asking about the parking meters and she's like, so are you guys from around here? And I said, no. She's like, do you know, do they run around? Do they put tickets on parking meters? And I said, probably, you know, I mean, that's what, that's their job. <laughs> that's, and, yeah. and then, so as the person in front of me is leaving, there's cash in his hand. I've got the book right here. She's like, Hey, can I just ask the man at the counter about that? And I said, yeah, in a second. <laughs> and I, there was this like urge I did not care for this woman at all. And she just wanted to know about her parking meter. Right. And I had this like feeling of like, yeah, you can have the guy's, you know, attention in like 30 seconds. And that's all it took cash book yeah. gone receipt. And it was just this sort of like thing. And I don't know why I was in that moment being so wanted to be self-righteous, selfish, <laughs> angry. I'm still, I mean, I here I am still thinking about it. And there's yeah. like, I want to be like, you know what? Fuck you, lady. You can wait. You know, yeah. what makes you think that now and 30 seconds from now is going to make any difference about the parking meter that you didn't go ahead and just put the max amount in for the time that you were going to be in the bookstore? Right. You knew you were going to peruse. You knew you were going to browse. You should have just blasted her right in her fucking face, <laughs> man. You should have just punched her right in her old kisser. Thanks a lot. Greatest generation, my ass. <laughs> And oh wait, no, they're baby boomers. Thanks for ruining everything, baby boomers. And that was the that was my, my instinct. And I told my friend on the way out, and he's like, "Hey, man, ease up on the old lady." Just like I blew to up. know about the parking meter, brother. Yeah. So no, I've I've done it too. I and I think you just got to do nice for someone else down the line. Now you know what I mean. Like you got to mm-hmm. pass some positivity forward. I don't know how, but that's another good thing, man. To just be. If you have spontaneous generosity, just go with it. Do something nice. If you feel like writing somebody a letter or sending somebody a text or just saying hi, yeah, I just say hi to them. Right. You know, my, yeah. you know, my relationship with my mother is amazing now. Um, it was sort of, it was always good, but it was always like when I could get around to it, when I wasn't too drunk, when I was, when I wasn't hungover, yeah. to make plans, to mm-hmm. talk on the phone. I mean, I don't know how you were with your folks, kind of, especially with them being in recovery and you being right. actively drinking. I'd hit them up for money. <laughs> <laughs> that was how I contacted mm-hmm. them. Start a nice conversation and be like, hey, man, can I borrow like 200 bucks, man? Is nice. that cool? Is that cool? Think of the miles coming up, man. <laughs> I save up. I need that Cerveza De Niro. Yeah, I need that <clears throat> De Niro. No, I mean, my relationship with my parents, I am very fortunate to have uh, my parents because they are also in recovery as well. So a lot of what I get from the program, I can talk to them about. You know, I can call them up, and they both have completely different perspectives on their recovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the base there, but they both kind of freestyle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, not freestyle, but they both have their own interpretation of it. So I get two different sides of it. and considering that they raised me it's almost like appealing to two different sides of my own personality and now i have you man i'm lucky i lucked out you know just none of you mm-hmm. fuckers start drinking again and i won't either 
Yeah, you know, and I was going to say the same thing when I was in early recovery and I was very, I was so grateful and so happy to have you to be able to call. And even when I was drinking and I would call occasionally and you'd be like, dude, don't fucking call me at two. You can call me drunk, but man, don't call me this late. All right. And I fall asleep. And I even remember. And so this is funny. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you and I have known each other for like 20 years yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. It's at least 20 years. I think this might be 22, but you left and came back and there was a thing, you know, but, um, so we've known each other for over 20 years. We drank mm-hmm. for most of that time. Yeah. About 16 or 17 of them. Yeah. And I remember before you quit drinking, you know, you called me up and I was, I was sitting outside my house and I was drinking at the time. And I think you were, and you were like, look, man, my fucking wife's going to leave me and I don't know what to do. And I was like, you could stop. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and no, I wasn't, like, that was the best mm-hmm. I get. I was like, yeah, you could stop and you can always start again. And, you know, then later you got, you quit drinking and, um, I was just like, damn, I, that's awesome. Like, I, I don't know that I can do that. And I think I might've called you up once or twice and been like, I think I figured it out, man. So I think I got it. I think I got it figured out. So you do this much wine this time. And I like had this oh, whole yeah. system I was trying to yeah, figure out. Did. And I was like, I think I got it. And, you know, we were kind of, for that year, I mean, we certainly didn't, there was not a whole lot of communication, not like it is now, not no. at all. No, not at all. And when I first quit drinking, I remember, like, I would call you, I would go um, to these 12-step meetings on Sundays, and I would call you up Sunday morning, and I'd be like, dude, this is so awesome, what do you think of this, how does this work, like, I got, I'd get really excited, and you'd be very supportive, and it was such a great like, yeah, I was like, so it was so lucky to have you to be able to be like, Hey man, what about this? And what about that? And God, it feels so much better. You yeah, know? It, like, does, fuck. it does. Yeah. It just feels so much better. You're like, fucking finally, Jesus. <laughs> God damn. God, I've been waiting for that forever. You know, like, yeah, I get that feeling a lot. I get that feeling from it a lot. Like I'm like, fuck, it's about fucking time. That release Jeez. valve has finally yeah. been like opened. Right. So love yourself. Well, yeah, that was a great example of love, man. Right. I on. mean, that's that's the biggest thing that I can say is love yourself and you know, the rest will will come into place. It will. It'll Should. fall into place. You, you know, if you, you want, gotta you wanna figure it out more, send us an email. <laughs> yeah, please, man. Um A is for alcoholic at gmail dot com. Uh, you know, it's it's in the it's in the trailer. It's in the end of the program. I'll play that here in a second. But um, anyhow, I love you, Jerry. Yeah, I love you too, dog. Thanks again for listening. As always, our music is by Neglect. You can find his stuff at neglectsound.bandcamp.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And get a hold of us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. <laughs>